Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. This is an upside-down kingdom. The Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth. If I were sure that I loved God, what would I do? December 5th, Mr. Brown. Monday, December 5th. Yeah. Christmas is approaching. How was your uh, Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was tremendous. Was uh, we went to uh, Europe for uh, <laughs> for Thanksgiving. You know, the origination of Thanksgiving was in Europe, I believe. Well, neat. Yeah, I neat. went to public school. Well, and, and we yeah. went to uh, the, the mission field. The, oh, good for you. Yeah, we Congratulations. Did you go to, like, was it... Where was it at? Where, what mission? Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Good. Yeah. Actually, folks, you know at this point that we are recording yeah. Yeah. in the future, so we have right. not yet experienced Thanksgiving. Yeah. But at the point you are listening, uh, yes. Thanksgiving is in your your rearview mirror. But what yeah. we did experience this morning, right, uh, on this a brisk October morning, <laughs> my hands are just thawing out. Mr. If you all remember <laughs> back in in October how cold it was, yeah. uh, just polar. Just yeah, downright was, frigid. Yeah. But, I, I almost uh, wore long pants. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank goodness we didn't have to do that. That's right. That's right. But, <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? But BBOC was this morning. BBOC, and it was yeah. awkward because Pastor Caleb Lynch came and spoke for 15 to 20 minutes directly to me. Yeah. And that, it was awkward. Yeah. Well, I, I right, told him all right about you right before. Of, of all those men, yeah. he opened up God's Word and, and told stories and shared scriptures that spoke directly yeah. to my heart. Praise God. And uh, yeah. it was—it actually, I say yeah. that facetiously, we're, yeah, we're, but it was—I uh, tell you, there's something pretty special that has been happening and is happening at Open Door Fellowship. And that's—Caleb, that's, oh. Caleb, you're the pastor there. G, you are a parishioner. There. Yes, I am a congregant, a congregant, if you will. If you will. <laughs> we don't use those words very we often. We don't. I barely get pastor sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, hey, Caleb. Yeah. So, no, it's good to be with you guys. This is awesome. Thanks for letting me come and hang out with you this morning. It was a great time. Yeah. So, glad to be with you. Yeah. Well, aside yeah. from that awkwardness uh, in BBOC, in which you spoke directly to me. Yeah. It, it was a real. It was awesome. It was yeah. really, really good. Um, encouraging and convicting. And uh, and encouraging. Yeah. I think those three things together. Um, I do want to learn how to. Um, well, like Caleb talk about, but yeah, Caleb, you're the uh, pastor at Open Door Fellowship. Yeah, um, husband to Kaylee, absolutely, um, and father to Peyton and Macy. Macy, Peyton and Macy. <laughs> Peyton's the oldest, and, and they're ten and eleven. Ten and eleven. Yep. Yeah. Peyton is my youngest. Yeah. But that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, May. Okay. Macy's my older one, the, the right. little blonde, and then the redhead, fiery I'm, one. Does Peyton. she actually show up to church? He does. Yeah, he does. I do. He does. Well, I help. He, he knows my kids really well. So. I do. I held right. Macy when she was uh, probably like three weeks old. She was up at winter camp. That's right. Remember that? That's so I would have right. been. That was that's eleven right. years ago then. Yeah. Probably. Wow. Yeah. Well, gee, you actually spoke uh, in both services at Open Door this last this last Sunday. I I did, I did. It was uh, uh and pastors, we got one in the room. It's it's hard. It um, is the, man. the double service really threw me for a loop. Having to do, I mean, I I felt like first service went really great, and then second service I was like, 
I feel like I wet myself. Now I know G bit, love but, G, but I know for a fact that yeah. whatever he shared in the first service was not what he shared. <laughs> <laughs> there may have been some similar scriptures and some points that were made, yeah. but I'm sure it was completely different. No, yeah. and that's that's what's so cool, even even about our church, is that it it uh, I love that about Chris and I love that about yeah. Open Doors that it it's it's a authentic place. It's a yeah. place where you can get up there one service and give what your heart's given and what the spirit's leading you, and then second service you give something entirely different, and it's okay that it's not polished and not perfect. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is what the Lord gave me today, and let's go with it. So yeah. I love that man. You, if you guys don't haven't gotten a chance to hear it, you got to go online and listen to Chris. He did a fantastic. I'll job. put Thank a link you. in the show notes. Oh wow. That's humbling. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, uh, it was first service in the, on yeah. the video. You're, but, you're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> but, like, I mean, in, in reality, though, it, it, we and you talked about this with me a little, Caleb. Like, we, we beat ourselves up, don't we? Mm, and for sure. We, we, we're our own worst critic. Right. And even that, that second service had so many people saying thank you for sharing, and that hit me. So I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah. um, pastors, I mean, it's not an easy job. And Kale, I am thankful for you. Um, again, I met you when you, I said this this morning, I met you when you were in like, I don't know, ninth or 10th grade mm. um, at Washington High School. That's um, right. Go Rams. Out, Come go on. Rams. Who Come um, going out with uh, uh, my basketball coach's daughter. Yep. And uh, and now is your wife. Yep. Um, so really, now that was a cool element that we heard today is that you, you actually started dating your wife in junior high isn't that crazy 12 years old we started dating and, and guys, i don't even know if it was officially dating but we called each other boyfriend and girlfriend and you waited sure. until you were in eighth grade to get married that's right that's yeah. right and it wasn't an arranged marriage we we no um yeah, yeah we we married after so college cool. and it's pretty fantastic yep yeah i love that yeah what a neat story what were some of the like challenges in that like you went away for college you went to california yeah you know when you when you start dating at 12 you're both so young and you're so different than who i am even today right um, and you don't know how to talk to each other. You're writing notes in classes. That's about it. And it's yeah. just fun and whatever. You're not texting each other. Right. No, there was no texting. <laughs> that wasn't a thing. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, one neat thing that happened for us was Kaylee, my wife went uh, to Mexico to study abroad and I was out in California going to Azusa Pacific for a year. And so, um, we spent a year essentially communicating over the phone or through instant messenger at the time, AOL instant messenger. AOL. And that was all we had. And so uh, I think it was a real gift from God to us that we really learned how to communicate without being in each other's presence. We were able to find ways to communicate. When you're with someone, it's a lot easier to communicate. They can pick up on body cues. They can, you know, they, 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 you can, you can show them your love in different ways. Right. But when you're from a distance for a year to have to develop a relationship through just what you can type or what you can say over a phone, uh, I think it did. I think it did wonders for the future yeah. of our marriage of just learning how to communicate even at that age. So yeah, it's been cool. It's been a neat thing. So so with that, that kind of brings up to me a question: um, communication. You you're kind of a paid communicator. That's right. Right. But I mean, that's that's a, a small part of what pastors do. Sure. Sure. Um, to me, communication. We have a million ways to communicate now. You do have. You still have AOL still around. I think maybe I don't know, but you got Instagram, social media, email, text you know, smoke signals. There's so many ways to communicate to people. Um, is there challenges to that in, in the way we communicate in a church? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really tricky these days. Um, information gets out there so quickly and it moves so quickly. And you, you really, uh, as a leader of a church, you feel like you're always behind of mm. just how are we getting content out there? How are we getting 
the good news of Jesus Christ out there, and it feels like you're you're competing against uh, <laughs> like an unbeatable force, right? Like it's right. just you, you you have all these other streams of communication coming in, on whether it's on our cell phones or wherever it's coming from, and you are you, you feel like you're competing against it. And it feels it feels like super challenging. So I think for us, what we've what we've really started to get excited about is um, we we want to be a place. Um, where, where this message of the good news of Jesus Christ is, is real and is honest and is authentic. And I think that's what people are looking for right now. They want to know. They want to grab hold of these things. Uh, they don't, they don't want to see Christianity as a game or this religion or this thing of, like, try to be better or whatever. They want it to be real. They want it to be honest. They want this Jesus to matter. And so as they stumble upon it, um, there's something refreshing about it being authentic. There's something mm. refreshing about it not being super overly polished or superly hyped up or superly catchy or whatever else, but that it's real, that that there's a group of people declaring this word of God, this Bible as truth, and that it actually is changing lives and it's and it's and it's honest. And I so I think that's that's the challenge in this era is there's so much fake out there. And how do you how do you proclaim the good news of Jesus and do it in a real way? And I think that's the fun of it. And I yeah. think that's the challenge too. Is is um, is in that? So yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about that in BBOC today. And I think in our culture, one of the things that happens is we're seeing these ideas um, persist for reason of the fact that people so often are redefining different words. And so, you know, for example, George Barna just released a, um, the, the research group just released a report on the way American teens are thinking about Jesus, about the Bible and about Christianity. And there's and it's been years since one of their polls has shown this much receptivity mm. to the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. But wow. the, define, the primary defining thing that they're looking for in that relationship through the church with Jesus is this idea of authenticity. But I think where the enemy has been so clever in our culture is to redefine things. You know, you take a look at the way marriage has been redefined in our sure, culture. You sure. take a look at the way justice has been redefined within our culture. But I think, you know, when we talk about authenticity, that's one of the things I love about Open Door Fellowship is that you really do have a culture of authenticity. So, Caleb, how do you define authenticity? When you think about that as an aspiration for the community of believers that you're leading, what are you thinking about? What are you What are you teaching? Yeah, I th- I think one of the great news, uh, one of the one of the most incredible things about the gospel of Jesus, when we call it good news, one of the pieces about that that's incredible good news, is that we are not defined by what we've done; we're defined by what He's done. Mm. And so, if yeah. that's the truth, if that's the reality, is that we are defined by the finished work of the cross. Um, it allows us to show up. And just get to be honest with who we are, not to have to try to perform, not to try to have to pretend that we've got it all together, not to try to have to be this perfect Christian or whatever else. We just get to enter into a space where we just get to be real with who we are. And so that that means that you get opportunity to tell on yourself. That means you get opportunity to say, hey, that was me. I messed up there and I'm sorry and I want to do that differently. And so even for me, I, I, I teach this with our um, with our team, with my staff. We, we have this this tagline that we say for our staff. We, we call Open Door Staff. We say um, we want to be a place that's hosting a home for gospel life. 
And, and what, it, what it starts with is it starts with us being authentic. It starts with us being real. And so there's a lot of times where I come into a staff meeting and, and I, I start with a place of, hey, guys, we tried to do this thing last Sunday or we tried to do this event or this thing or the way I was leading or whatever it is. And I'm the first to come in and say, guys, that was on me. We, we messed up on that. And, and I want to apologize. I, I led out of a position that wasn't, wasn't okay or I made a mistake in this way. And so starting with a place where it's okay to fail, there's no perfect people. There's just people that dress better, right? And so <laughs> this, this just coming in with that posture uh, really prevents hiddenness really prevents masquerading around, really prevents this posturing or this pride of I have to be this perfect example or whatever else. And we just get to come to come to the table together and say, we're real people that need a real savior. And uh, that's exciting for us. So. You know, and, and today in, in BBOC, you're sharing a story. And I hate to put you on the spot here, but I'm going to uh, ask you. You were brave enough to share it in front yeah. of 50 yeah. guys. Yeah. Well, let's let's share it in front of 500 right. folks now. <laughs> um, but that, this idea of, of a story from your home yeah. where your wife approached you about this idea of authenticity. Do you mind yeah. sharing that? That was incredibly moving. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I... I grew up in a really sweet home where it was okay. I didn't have to hide, and and my my parents were really authentic with who they are, and they and that and I and I grew up in a church community that was that same way. And so I I deeply longed for that to be true of my home, that my kids would feel safe, that they could feel like they could come and talk to me, and that they could feel like, uh, you know when they've done something wrong, that there's space to work through it and that it was just a safe environment, no, no hiddenness. And, um, and so I really imposed that onto them. And I said, this is the kind of culture I want us to have in our home. Right. And I did it with my wife and asked it, of it to be true of my wife, that we would just, we would just share in that vulnerability and authenticity. And, um, what I found out very quickly is even though I had forced this idea, this design into our home, I wasn't letting anyone into my life. I was I was a closed book. I was, uh, and I don't know if I was doing it to protect my family that they don't want to see a weak dad or whatever it was, um, but I wasn't. I was I was a closed off book, and I just kept kept the ball rolling, kept moving forward. And one day, my wife just said, "I don't think we know you. You never let us love you. You never let us into your pain, into your sadness, and we're doing that, but you're not letting us in." And she was right. Mm. And she was right. And uh, and so we've we've chosen to to be a home. Um, I let my kids parent me, and I know that sounds backwards, and it, and it, and and I, I can get how that. But I I ask for their input. I say, hey, how how is dad affecting you, right? And they get to speak into it and say, dad, you know, when you did that one thing that other day, that really scared me and it frightened me. And I get to say to them, Macy, I don't want to do that. I don't want to scare you. Can yeah. you teach me how to do that differently? And they'll say, dad, yeah, next time, can you just ask it this way? And I'll say, I'm in, let's do that. So it's this beautiful thing of letting mm -hmm. people in and getting to lead um, through humility. And uh, I think it's really powerful. It, it certainly allows you to have permission into your kids' lives because they trust you because you've now given them permission into your life. And uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, again, those little girls have a, or don't know any different. Yeah. They don't know any, that, yeah. that it could be, that it is different for well, some and I people. Well, I didn't know any different. You didn't know up. any different. That's, yeah. that's, that's was what, what I was introduced at a young age. And I'm just like, give me more of that. That's good stuff. So, yeah. Well, one of the things in this authentic realm I mean, that is such a good word. I know when mm -hmm. I came to, as a teacher here at Northwest Christian, like I knew I couldn't come into the eighth grade room with my hat on backwards, my pants sagging low to try to be like them. I think one of the things that students appreciated about me, about you, about you, Mr. Brown, is we are who we are. That's right. And uh, I think uh, kids are looking for that. And even you, I, I, 
I've probably told you this, if not, but you, you're you're falling in the footsteps of your dad at sure. Open Door Fellowship. Yeah. yeah. And you're not John Lynch. Right. You're Caleb Lynch. Right. And I'm right. sure you've probably heard this many, many times, but I love that you get to be Caleb and you don't have to wear the the thing. Well, what my dad would have done? No. In an unhealthy way. Sure. There might be some healthy ways sure, you can, sure, you sure, can sure, ask sure. John um, yep. what he did. So. Yeah. yeah, powerful. Yeah. I I don't know John Lynch, uh, but the I you think do the, the story. Well, I know of John Lynch. You know John Lynch from Palmcroft. From I know H. <laughs> there was Lynch. a John. There's a there's, sorry. different. John yeah, Lynch. sorry. Yeah. I know a John Lynch, yeah. but not this John Lynch. Yeah. But I I don't know that a son could say a, a more wonderful thing of his father than than what we just heard you say in terms of the the sweet transparency that yeah. you grew up in. You know, that's just amazing. Yeah. Um, you told the story, too, today. I'm going to – again, good. you spoke – it was yeah. so irritating, Caleb. You spoke directly <laughs> to me for great. like 20 minutes. Yeah. You told the story of, of – I think it was you were in your backyard, and you saw across the fence a stranger, and one of your daughters was frightened, the other was not. You yeah. mind? you mind telling that story? Yeah, so it's this Powerful. little sweet interaction that you just get these little nuggets every once in a while getting to be a dad and – um, this has been in that journey of what it would look like for me to get to share my heart with my kids and let them into whatever, whatever I'm going through as a dad. And what a beautiful thing that allows them to trust me and feel safe with me. One day we're uh, sitting in the living room and, and a guy comes walking down the, the path. We have a bridal path, a walking path right in front of our house that uh, people jog, walk their dog on, whatever else. And one day there's a guy that's walking by. It looks a little scary. And my older daughter, Macy, she, I can tell physically, I can just see her body. She's a little bit freaked out. And I'm, I wasn't worried about it. I could tell the guy was on something and he just was kind of gone. Um, but my younger daughter wasn't freaked out at all by it. And this guy was kind of a scary looking dude. And my older daughter leans over to my younger daughter and says, why aren't you scared? And she just says this, just immediately just says this statement. I looked at dad and he wasn't scared. Therefore, I'm not scared. Yeah. And I, I leaned over to Peyton. I said, Peyton, how did you know I wasn't scared? And she said, because you let me in on your feelings. And so this beautiful reality came over me in that moment of like, gosh, yes, the very thing that I've desired, that my kids would feel safe with me, that they would feel known, that I would be known by them, that they would have input into my life. It was happening. And we were seeing it just right there. And the simple little thing is that my daughter felt safe because she knew that whatever I was putting out there was authentic, that it was real, that she could trust what she saw on my face and that I wasn't hiding something or putting on mm. this masquerade. So that was huge for me. And it's just this little little instant, but you go, praise God that that's, um, that's becoming true. Well, and I think what's so powerful to that story, about that story to me, is that's is dads. We're all dads. That's sure. where we want to be within our homes. Yeah. We want to be leaders that reflect the person, the personality, the, you know, the, the presence of Christ in yeah. our homes. Uh, but at the same time, how we get there is so important. Mm. And so I think the temptation as a dad is, well, I need to come across authoritative. Right. I need to be, I need to come across um, and kind of keep my feelings close to my chest. Well, you achieved the same end right. in a counter, what would have been to me counterintuitive right. way. Right. Is being transparent, yeah. being authentic, showing frailty. And yet that in, engendered such trust with your kids and I, I would wager mm -hmm. to say that that trust w is even more genuine mm -hmm. than the trust that, that may be established through these overt displays of authoritarianism sure. or fearlessness. Sure. 
you know. Yeah. We hope so. so. I mean, that's that's how I want to lead as a, a lead pastor. That's how I want to lead my church. That's how I want to yeah. lead my home is yeah. is in authenticity, right? And um, I think people really appreciate that. And I think it's I think it's uh, honestly how we see Christ Jesus leading as well through through his desire to serve, right? He came to serve, and and I think that's beautiful. So. Let's do that. Let's go to, do you mind, Philippians 2 yeah. was the passage. Do you mind opening that up? Yeah, just, I got it right let's, here. Let's take a look at that passage, because that's where, where you started today. Um, and, you know, as, as you get there, I the thing that, that really jumped out to me today is what would it look like? I'm going to ask this question, but then I really want us to, to think this question through a little bit more fully. What would it look like if the church in the world, but more specifically in America right now in this day and time in which culture is just so backwards and, and the world just seems completely unfettered from the truth and we're, we're fearful. Where's the culture headed? What are we, where are we going to, you know, see our kids grow up? Is, is this nation that we, we live in, the nation that, that we aspire for it to be, and you look at all the different things that are happening in culture, what would it look like if the church actually lived this verse from Philippians 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, you mind just kind of reading through that? And yeah, let me, let me read it. Offering some of your thoughts on that. Um, so this is Philippians 2. It says this, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any af- uh, affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind and having the same uh, love, being of full of cord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. I think that's a key word there, in humility. In humility, count others more significant than yourself. Yeah. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. And then I think this next part is really incredible. It says this most unbelievable statement. It says, and have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It literally says, we have the mind of Christ, which is mm-hmm. incredible. Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he actually emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant yep. and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. And then it goes on and it says, then therefore he got exalted and every knee will bow. And I think it's amazing that through the posture of humility, through the posture of leading through humility as a servant, is is actually the very thing that exalts him above every other name which yeah. it wasn't this this position of ultimate power or authority or coming in guns blazing yeah. which he easily could have used which he easily has the permission to use he is god he is over all Amen. things but the fact that he chose to come humbly and to serve and to come in in that posture uh, i think is is a pretty incredible reality well it's almost the the do as i say not as i do situation mm. But this is do as I do. Mm. Jesus didn't just say, consider others more important than yourselves. He did right. that. Right. He didn't just right. say, serve one another. He did that. He right. didn't, and that's, uh, he set a beautiful example and w- in that. And what an encouragement that we actually have that mind. That, yeah. that he says, you have this mind that is yours yeah. in Christ yeah. Jesus, Amen. that all of us can approach leading, can approach going into spheres of influence with this same posture, with this same attitude, yeah. the same attitude that had him get down on his knees and wash his disciples' feet. Like, yeah. it's incredible. Like, it truly is an incredible thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Love that. It's something I hit at church on Sunday, and it's not a, a super, like, narrow thing or unique idea, but... 
Um, people do want to go deeper into God's word, and I do too. I've been I went to Bible college, but and if we could just get that sentence down, mm. the one I brought up was Ephesians four thirty nine: Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Mm. We get that down, right. then maybe you can start going a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we we need to go go deep into that. Yeah, into serving one another, thinking about other. I just, as you said, Mister Brown, what if? I mean, what if you and I? I mean, I see that, and I, I know you're not going to like hearing this, but I see that as a superintendent of the school. I see you think about our preschoolers and our kindergartners and our families, and uh, and I try to do the same. Um, I try to do the same. I think about the, the kids. It's so great. This morning, Tristan Prophet was here um, at BBOC, and his dad wasn't. And really? Yeah, his dad, his dad couldn't make it, and Tristan <laughs> made it. So so all I have to say, I, I think uh, it's Tristan, something— you're a, you're a- any great, any a great yeah, kid. So, great kid. Um, you know, the verse that jumps out at me though here is is Philippians two three, and I as I say as I read this verse, I it, I just think, what does this look like? Mm, mm. What does this look yeah. like? And obviously, we see it manifested in the person of Christ, but what would it look like in the church? Yeah. And and how differently would the world perceive us today if this was our chief aspiration? Read it again for me. It's it's two three. It says, do nothing mm. out of selfish ambition. Or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And I know he's talking to the Philippian church, but I think the principle there is key. If we were to look out across the culture and, and all the different people that we we disagree with or, mm-hmm. or who are, seem diametrically opposed to, to the truths of God's word, and if we were to really do this, right. to, to operate in humility towards these individuals or to value them above ourselves, you know, that I think would be an, an eye-opening moment in, in our country. Um, and, and I'm speaking to the country, and the reality is I'm, I'm really speaking to me. And to mm. our world mm. and what would it to look us. like if Jeff mm. Brown actually mm. did this today? Mm. Yeah. You mm. know, and that's where it starts. Yeah. It starts with each of our hearts. So. That's well said. That's well said. Well, dude, thank you. This, yeah. was, a, this yeah. was a great, great Friday morning at Northwest Christian. Folks, as you get this on, on Monday, December the 5th, you, you, missed a, yeah. you missed a great BBOC. Yeah. But, but join us on another Big Boys on Campus. Yeah. Pay attention to those emails. And, yeah, uh, and come join us. And, yeah. folks, even if, if you're a Frameworks family, if you're Northwest Christian School Online, or you just happen somehow to find this podcast on yeah. your, your platform, whatever your platform is, just Come by the school yeah. and and check out online. Find out when these prayer breakfasts are. It's free food. It's free Good fellowship. Good chow. Yeah, good and, people. Uh, unbelievably good, if not painfully awkward teaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, this thank, has been fun. Thanks yeah, so much, Caleb. Thank you, Caleb. Yep. Take care. Folks, yep. thank you for listening to Kingdom Culture Conversations. God bless you all. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.